Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast. This is episode 112, powered by 91N. I am your host, Avery Rausch, along with co-host Gatano Gallo. As always, for 112 episodes now, we have been we have never had a guest host, or never had somebody replacing us. We've had guest hosts, but we've never had anybody replace. It's been me and him for 112 episodes, so I'm sure you're sick of us by now. Um... Only a couple Leafs games to talk about this week. As always, we'll get started with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, A couple of regulation wins, which is kind of what we were lacking prior to that. We only had five, which was tied for last in the National Hockey League prior to this week. We got two, one in Ottawa, and then one at home against the Nashville Predators. Unfortunately, I did not get the chance to watch either game very closely. I know I am failing at my job, which is doing this podcast. those were due to Christmas parties that I had to attend. So, unfortunately, I did not have an opportunity. I did watch the third period on a very grainy screen on my phone last night. Um, so, I did see that. It, it did, from what I saw last night, look like a very dominant win. And, obviously, the score tells you that. 4 nothing. couple Austin Matthews goals, uh, empty netter from Gregor, and a goal from David Kampf, which is nice to see. Um Shots, I believe, ended up being somewhere in the high 30s for the Leafs, maybe 36, 37, uh, and 18 for the Nashville Predators. So it was a strong defensive game from a defensive core that isn't very well put together right now, is missing a lot of pieces. So that's nice to see. Samsonov needed that shutout more than more than I could think anybody else in the league because he hadn't played a home game. I, ha- I don't know when he last played, but he hadn't played a home game. Uh, which is where he was very successful last year, actually. He was way more successful at home than he was on the road. Uh, But he hadn't played since November 11th in the Scotiabank Arena. So for him to go in, get a shutout after Joseph Wool injured himself, um, that was huge for Ilya Samsonov. And as Sheldon Keefe said, it's an opportunity for him to really establish himself back into this team's rotation even when Joseph Wool comes back. Because I think we can agree that Joseph Wool, when he comes back, he will be given an opportunity to, to get that starting starting job back just because of how good he was before he uh, suffered that high ankle sprain there. So, Yeah, it's definitely Wool's net to lose for sure. Yeah. it's um, it, That was tough, man. That was tough. And I know that you've got, you guys have had to deal with injuries for years now, but we finally had a goaltender drafted and developed starting goaltender. He was really starting to to come into his own and and turn himself into that that guy that we could rely on a, on a night-to-night basis. Not a 1A, 1B, a 1, right? And that's uh, that was very swiftly taken away from us. And during probably the best game that he's ever played, like he was, he was stellar. He's on one. He was stellar in that game. And then, unfortunately... It all came to an abrupt end, and Martin Jones had to come in in relief because Ilya Samsonov was suffering from an illness. That's why he was not on the bench, if you were wondering. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Like, there's no other way to say that. He was so, so good. And as somebody who owns him on, in fantasy, too, like, that hurt <laughs> my soul because he he was running away with the starting job. Like, there's no other way to say it. He was doing, He was just playing so well. He was getting better every game and starting every game. Right, like, I don't know what more you can ask for from a from a rookie goaltender. I mean, like honestly, like not a lot else. It is weird calling him a rookie, though. But like, yeah, 
he's a rookie. Let's yeah. By definition, he is he he is the Panarin, right? Like he exactly. Sh- we should have thought this through when we were doing our awards before the season because I think we couldn't. Th- I don't believe we could think of anybody for the Panarin. No, we couldn't. But uh, yeah, I guess he he does qualify. This is the Panarin. Like this is exactly what it, what this is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Other than other than losing Wool, it was a good week. Two regulation wins, one one against a divisional and and provincial rival in the Ottawa Senators, and then showing Ryan O'Reilly that his team sucks was also very very cool. I enjoyed that. That's nice. I love to see that. Did he not drop a hat trick on you guys last time you played? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh no 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 no! It wasn't you guys. It was it was. Uh... He did drop a hat trick, but I don't think it was against us. No, it was against the Oilers. I, just, I remember we were watching it at your place, and we don't typically watch other games at your place, but it was the Oilers because he embarrassed Darnell Nurse. Yes, yes, I remember. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely, <laughs> that did happen. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. And now moving forward, it's nice to be kind of back on our regular scheduled programming. We got a game tomorrow, uh, then we play the next night back-to-back against the uh, that's Islanders and then Rangers. And then we play two more games. So it's a four-game week for us, which we haven't had, it feels like, yet this year. So we probably did, like, first couple weeks of the season, and it just feels like a fever dream at this point. But it's really nice to have regular Leafs hockey to watch this week. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, no, I love that for you guys. The Habs, uh, after our schedule is changing up uh, this week now, uh, it's been pretty consistent. The uh, Like, the Monday... Tuesday and then like a Friday, Saturday or Saturday, Sunday. But we can get into the future a little later. We'll talk about uh oh wait, are you done with the Leafs? Um, yeah, for the most part. If anything, I just wanna give a quick shout out to Morgan Riley, who is yet to take a penalty at five on five, playing against the best players in the league every single night and the most minutes on the team for defensemen every single day. So shout out to Morgan Riley. That's super. That's like fucking who was it? Uh, Jacob Slavin a couple years ago had like four penalty minutes all year. Like what? How? How? <laughs> like when you're a top pairing defenseman, that's nearly impossible to do. Let's be real here. That's not near. Like it, it is impossible. Like that's yeah. And and not only that, but he's really stepped up. Like he's playing the best defensively this year that he's played in his entire career. Like and it's not really that close. Uh, not only that, he's still putting up the points. He's manning that top power play because Klingberg isn't. We know Klingberg isn't. Oh, that's the other news. I, I don't think we talked about that last week. Klingberg, done for the year, $4.5 million in cap space. That honestly is all that needs to be said. There is nothing more that needs to be said about John Klingberg. The experiment was a complete and utter failure, and we should never try something like that again. End of story. That's a nice happy ending for you guys. <laughs> oh, it honestly, it could not have ended any better. And I hope that, like, for the man, John Klingberg, I hope that he is he, he gets this surgery and he's good moving forward as a man. But please never put on the blue and white again, for fuck's sakes. Like, honestly. <laughs> that's what I have to say about that. Uh, it's like, and it's it's not even, like, Roby to Island. It's, like, an actual legitimate, like... <laughs> he's getting fucking hip surgery, dude. Yeah, yeah he's fucked. You can't walk, let alone play hockey in the NHL. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. It's it's a tough injury. Like I hope yeah. for him and his family and all of those things. And and if some team wants to sign him next year for them too, I I really do hope that he is able to get better. But never in the blue and white again. Never. Eh? 
ever. I never want to see that. I wanted to see, dude. I remember like when he was in his prime, like we're talking 17, 18, I think is probably yeah, yeah. What I'm thinking here. I remember him always being on the trade block and always thinking, oh my God, that is the piece that the Leafs could use. Like that is a stellar piece of defenseman right there. You know what I mean? Like I, oh, I, yeah. I want it. And then we got it, like we always do. Like, even back in the day when we got Lindros and, like, McGillney, it was after their prime. That's the same thing that happened with John Klingberg here. It's terrible. It's brutal. It sucks. But it is what it is, and never again. So, that's how I feel about that. Love that. And shout out to Morgan Riley for stepping up and doing his job, plus your job, plus, like, TJ Brody's job. Like, just doing everybody's job. So, shout out to you. All right. So, the Habs actually had, like, a decent week. Uh beat the Kraken actually like pretty comfortably 4-2 on Monday. Uh, got absolutely slapped by the LA Kings uh, on Thursday 4-0. I didn't realize that they are 11-0-1 on the road this year. They are disgusting. They're disgusting. a very good hockey. Can you imagine having them in the in the playoffs? Like, that's not a fun matchup for anybody. No, that, like... And they've, they've pushed the Oilers to the limits like the last couple times uh, in the playoffs and the Oilers have squeaked through like, I think this team might be legit. They are. Like, they are you... scary good. Yeah, man. Yeah, and we don't get to see them that much where we play. We just kind of see highlights and stats and those highlights and stats, man, are, are really starting to jump off the page, aren't they? Oh, man. Like, even just like watching that game, it just it felt like the Habs were just never in it. Like, the, the Kings were just like, nah, we're, we're going to play our game. Like, get fucked. And the Habs yeah. just generated nothing. And, like, and not even that the Kings, like, dominated the game. But they just, like, quietly put up 45 shots. Like, it didn't feel like it. Like, watching the game, it was just like, all right, you know. But, yeah, like, just incredible. Sustained pressure, man. Sustained yeah. pressure. That's what it is with that team. And they have to play like that because they they're not... They don't have a McDavid or a Matthews or no. even like, you know what I mean? Even a Caulfield. Like they don't have that really like star kind of guy down there. No, they just have, they just have like a bunch of like phenomenal, like support cast. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no superstar. You think, Anse, well, you think of Anse Kopitar, you think of Adrian Kempe, Quentin Byfield is down there. Um, Phil Deneau, fucking, he's chipping in offensively. Like, uh, like they're all... Drew Doughty's like, having a resurgence this year. He is, yeah. Like, just, just scary good, scary, scary yeah. good. So, um, not like you can't be upset losing to one of the best teams in the league when they are playing at that level. Like, it just yeah. is what it is. Uh, yeah. And then last night, uh, the Habs beat the Sabers in a shootout with Yuri Slavkovsky scoring the uh, the shootout winner, which uh, should do wonders for him and his confidence. Yeah, well, he needs it. We know that. Because he stinks. But anyway, uh, I do have to give props where props are due. And uh, I kind of w- was very surprised to see that the Habs are a 500 hockey team right now. Yeah, like we're we're kind of crawling along. We're doing all right. We are like four points back of Tampa right now. That's kind of what I'm saying here. Like I I saw a pretty funny meme of, of like just in reference to you guys, kind of like the look you're giving each other on, on your way past each other in the standings, Tampa oh. and Montreal. And uh, it's kind of crazy to watch from an outsider's perspective. Is is Tampa have a fall off? And the crazy part about it is it's Vasilevsky's back now. 
Like, yeah, like I the mean, big we guys back. That, we talked about it the first week. Came back. Oh yeah, you know he's gonna be a little rusty because you know he's been off for so long with that back surgery. But like, he's put up I think one shutout since he's been back. But other than that, he's looked um, very average, which is not a great sign if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's kind of wild here. Yeah, you guys are. And you have two games at hand on Tampa yeah. Bay as well. Wow. So, so realistically, if, realistically, if the Habs win those two games at hand, which we might not, um, yeah, like we would be like even even Stevens with this fucking Detroit or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Look at those 30 games. Look at those Detroit Red Wings, dude. They're I don't want to call them nasty yet, but they uh they have potential to be nasty. Dude, they look very very good. Um They're at a 6.15 points percentage. They're tied with the Leafs for third in the division with 32 points. The Leafs do have two games at hand on them. Um, both teams sit at 14 wins though, with four overtime losses to make up those points, man. Detroit's scary. Detroit's scary because they're so young and they have those veteran pieces around them. Like now they, they just started. We, we obviously need to talk about showtime in Detroit. Like oh, yeah, absolutely. they just picked up a piece that really could change the makeup of that team. If he comes back and he is able to be the Patrick Kane of old. We know that he he's been injured. He, he doesn't even weeks. have to be. He doesn't even have to be the Patrick Kane of old. He has to be not the Patrick Kane we saw last year. Well, a couple of years he's been, and, and and he's admitted he feels way better now than he has for a few years now, right? Good. And the thing that we're th- the thing this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy who was in MVP conversations like four years ago, yeah. right? Like. He had that Chicago team on his back for their last little bit of relevancy before the tank for Bedard. Like, on his back. It's, uh, man, it's interesting to see what he's, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring to the, that Detroit Red Wings team, especially in terms of veteran presence, Stanley Cup experience. Like, they, there's nothing else you can say. Showtime is in Detroit, man. That's, that's yeah. huge. And especially when you look at, uh, you know, they're they're kind of costing him in, which is nothing but his salary. Like, yeah, for like, you know, you, you gave up nothing but salary space for that, which is just uh, you're not going to find many better deals in the league, I don't think. No, no. And uh, they're they're a team to watch. This division is just an absolute bloodbath. And yeah. it's been like that for a few years now. And it is again, man, you got. Like some really really it, it, we haven't even talked about the Boston Bruins or the Florida Panthers who are the one two in this division. Yeah. This is a deadly deadly division and it's going to stay that way for a while because unless Boston falls off, like Florida's not falling off. The Leafs don't seem to be showing any signs of falling off. Detroit's only going to get better. Tampa might fall off. That's somebody I could see falling off. Montreal's only going to get better. Buffalo's only going to get better and Ottawa's only going to get better. Eh. Ottawa's still kind of pretty shit. I wouldn't. Ottawa stinks right now. Yeah, like they're 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 pretty bad. Like they're pretty well, really bad. Well, it's kind of hard for you to say that though, dude. They've only played twenty two games. That's why they sit at their twenty two points, and they're five hundred, just like the Habs. They're eleven eleven and zero. Right. Oh, really? They haven't. Even, that's all right. That's like they're like legit straight up five hundred. That's wild. Yes. 
So, I don't know. I don't know. In terms of points percentage, the Leafs are actually in second place as well because uh, we have two games at hand on both the Panthers and the Bruins, but importantly in that statement is the is the Panthers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then the Metro. Let's take a look at the Metro here. The New York Rangers, man. What the they hell are is in the water? Fucking flying. They are flying. Like, they are looking nasty, like, top to bottom. Like, I, I don't want to call them contenders, like, cup contenders quite yet, because I think the Atlantic is just, like, so far clear. But, like, yeah. they look pretty fucking nasty. Well, something that I think deserves to be talked about in this division when I'm looking at it here is the Carolina the Panthers. Flyers in second? Well, the Philadelphia Flyers in second, but more to me, the bigger surprise, and I'm not saying that I, I thought Philly was a juggernaut this year. I picked, like, I thought Carolina was going to be way better than they are, man. Oh, yeah. How are they sitting I, after 27 games at 29 points in sixth in their division? I mean, like, I'm looking at their fucking home record as great, 8-2-1, and one, uh, but you just can't get it done on the road, fucking 6-10. and 10. And, like, you know, we talk about the LA Kings being, like, a dominant road team, 11-0-1. Like, it's great to be able to win in your barn, but, like, if you want to be truly elite in this league, you have to be able to win on the road. And it has to. Looks like, it looks like the Hurricanes just can't fucking do it right now. Yeah. No, they're uh, they're abysmal. And they even sit, like, you can't even say, oh, points percentage, because they, they sit in, in sixth at point percentage as well. Yeah. They're just not as good as anybody expected them to be. I don't think anybody could have expected that. They were, they're on a West Coast swing right now, Gatano. They were 6-6-0 six, six and oh on the road before this West Coast swing. 0-4. Oh they just yeah. won. Like, that's, that's unacceptable. Like, that, for, for a team like the Carolina Hurricanes who had expectations of playoffs, not only playoffs, but Stanley Cup hopes this year, that's unacceptable. That can't happen. The other thing is, like, even if you go West, like, get some pity points. Lose, lose in overtimes and shootouts. Like, you got to get something out of those West Coast trips. You cannot go there and go 0-4. Yeah. You can go 0-0-4. That's fine. But you can't go, like, you straight up 0-4. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, moving on to the Western Conference. Or did you want to add a little bit more about Philly? Did you want to talk Philly? No. I mean, I... I'm waiting for the bubble to burst with Philly because I don't think they it's can sustain. Got to at some it. point, but dude, we're like past the we're past the quarter part, quarter mark of the season, quarter quarter. Yeah, I, I, there's still like sixty odd games, fifty sixty odd games left. Like, I can't see them sustaining it. I just it it just something is bound it to go wrong. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't yeah. make any sense. I and like whether it's whether it's on the ice or whether it's torts like blowing up. Like something is going to go wrong and they will find themselves back in the basement. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to expect it uh, coming at some point. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about the West. This Central is kind of not great. Like, outside of the Colorado Avalanche and the Dallas Stars, this is a mid-division. Ah, actually, Winnipeg looks good. Look at that Winnipeg record. I like their record. I just think they're soft, and they are dog shit in the playoffs, and they have been for the last couple of years. So even if they make it, I, just, I don't expect much from them. Uh, I'm yeah. more shocked with the... The Coyotes sitting in fourth right now. For to be honest, that's wild. They're over 500 hockey. The Arizona yeah. Coyotes, and you know what? They have pieces. They've been drafting for like very high for like 10 years, man. Like it feels like that. I know it hasn't been 10 years. I believe they had a playoff run in the early 2010s, but 
Dude, like, they might be for real. I don't know. They have a goalie. They have a goalie. They picked up like, a couple of pieces. They I think announced a new arena plan. I don't know. Are I just, I, no, like, there's just no chance the Arizona Coyotes are for real. And, like, look, if in fucking, like, when's the season end? Like, July? Oh, and, like, if April. What, you know what I mean? When it gets like next summer, if they are fucking Stanley Cup champions, I will sit here and eat my words. But they are not for real. They well, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, dude. But I think this is great for them. Uh, like as much as as much as we think they should be relocated, as much as we probably like we agree on that, right? They should be. Okay. Well, they're not going to be. <laughs> Gary Bettman's made that very clear. They're not going to be relocated. They won't. He's not going to do it. So. It's good for the team that they are building at least a little bit of momentum right now in terms of actual on-ice product, in terms of securing an arena that isn't a college barn. Like, that's good for the league overall. Let's just, let's be honest. Like, I, as much as we hate the entire project down in the down in the desert there, that's good for I, the I league. Don't, I, don't, I don't hate the project. I just think the project has been an utter failure. And yeah. at some point you have to... You know, the league has to recognize that. I know they won't, but they should. Yeah, I've no hatred for the project. Like I growing the game is great. It's awesome. It this didn't work. Yeah, but what if it's working now? I I still, That's all we I, can hope for because we've talked about the fact that the league isn't going to get them isn't gonna let them leave. So this is this is the only positive outcome. And I'm happy that it's it's come it seems to be at least kind of maybe happening <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, yeah no i get it's it. good I to get see. It. and then you go out to the pacific and you want to talk about top heavy <laughs> <laughs> i mean i am really excited to see the race for the fourth spot uh potentially see if yeah. uh like who's gonna get that spot well that's not that even like... a guaranteed playoff spot with how competitive oh it i know is, right and... With how competitive it is in the in the central here, I would actually, I would be surprised if that like listen to this, the draw it goes the drop off from one to two is four points, the drop off from two to three is one point, and the drop off from three to four is eleven fucking points. That yeah. is, that is hilarious. The team in fourth has a four sixty three points percentage, and it is the Calgary Flames. But what what's nuts, Abe, is if you look at the Western Conference as a whole. Those three teams, the Knights, Canucks, and Kings, who are sitting top of the uh, division, are the top three in the conference. Like they're even uh, ahead of Colorado at this point. Yes, no, absolutely. And so I'm like, actually top something that I've been paying hell. attention to as we kind of inadvertently went down this list. Listen to the look at the, listen to these goal differentials. Plus thirty Vegas, plus thirty four yeah. Vancouver, plus thirty five L A. Go look at the other tops in the in the divisions. The top in the in the central plus twelve. Top of the metro plus twelve. Boston Bruins top in the in the uh, Atlantic plus twenty two. That's insane. Yeah. Like those have... are the top three teams in goal differential by a wide margin, and they're all in the same division. And we're talking about how fucking deadly the the, the Atlantic is. How fucking deadly is the Pacific? Well, I, I they're 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 both extremely deadly in different senses. 
because that's the thing in, in the Pacific, you know, it's because those three teams, mm-hmm. everyone else is kind of on even ish footing. Whereas yeah. the Atlantic, everyone's on even ish footing for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to su- see what the, uh, like, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Ottawa's got four games at hand on, or five games at hand, sorry, on the Montreal Canadiens. They have seven games on Tampa Bay. They have six games on Buffalo. Those are all teams that are just ahead of them. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with those with those games. Because I mean, if they, if they keep DJ Smith in charge, they will be losing them. <laughs> well, well it, it, I don't know. They're 11-11. and 11. I don't know if you can fire a coach after a 500 start, especially for a team like that in this division. Like, what, like, what do you want? If you're the owners and management who have said that the rebuild is over, they're, their words, not ours. Well, like you let's be very to... clear. Pierre Dorian is not actually a member of that management team anymore, and that is who said that. But like, you know what I mean? Like that was the the expectation given to fans was the rebuild is over. We're going to be good now. Um, and unless this management group is going to kind of publicly say, "Oh, like actually no," like we have to backtrack on that. If they are just going to kind of carry on then the expectation again not it shouldn't be like they should not be the expectation but when it's been out like publicly said the rebuild's over if you're not going to say ah well, we might need to rebuild a little bit retool a little bit like then that is your expectation is the rebuild is over you cannot be sitting bottom of your division see here's the, the thing like i i understand where you're coming from but i i think that saying that is a very easy cop-out because of those games at hand like they have a better points percentage than Buffalo. They have the same points percentage as Montreal. They actually have, they're the only team out of those four that have a positive goal differential. So I think just labeling them a bottom feeder because they've played less games than everybody's lazy, to be honest. Um, I No, I get that. But I also think that at the end of, like if they, when they catch up, because they should catch up-ish, like, you know, within a game or two, I still think they will be bottom of the division. Okay, but well, that would do. I'm just saying they're six four and zero in their last in their last ten. They've got they they won their last game. I I I don't see a reason to think that they can't do exactly what they've done in those. Let's see what they have. Their schedule is moving forward. So let's see here. So we have they play the Hurricanes tomorrow, who we just talked about, and the the. Uh, or on Tuesday, sorry. And we talked about the Canes sucking shit on the road. And they're in Ottawa. So there's a game they might win. Then they go to play the Blues, who, spoiler alert, stink. They could easily win that game. Stars will probably work them on Friday. Then they play Vegas. They'll probably get worked by Vegas. Actually, that Coyote-Senators game will probably be a very, very competitive hockey game. That would be an interesting one to watch. And that is yeah. uh, next Tuesday, the 19th. Then they play Colorado, they'll probably get shit on. And Pittsburgh struggled lately. And that's uh, that's a Saturday game before Christmas Eve. So that's, I don't know, man. And then they're, they're back in Toronto. So to me, that's that's easily 500 hockey for them. Um, I do agree with you that if they do fail through those games, though, it should be on DJ Smith. Because for me, from what I've seen out of some of their players on individual levels this year, they have a good roster. They really do. Batherson's a, a, a decent hockey player, even if he's not a very decent human being. You got Timmy Stutzla, who's been very, very good. On fire, yeah. Brady Kachuk is a leader, a warrior, and he puts up points. 
Sanderson's a great defenseman. Chabot's out now for a little bit of time. They've been getting reasonable goaltending. I I see no reason that they can't go 500 or better in that stretch, man. I just I just think they. I just don't, I don't I don't see it. I just I don't see it. Yeah, and it's because you hate the Ottawa Senators, as do I. No, I no, just... no, 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 no. I I can cause look. I'm smart enough to be able to put my bias aside a lot of the time. Do I sometimes you know not do it for the content a little bit? But like genuinely looking at that Ottawa Senators team, like it's yes they have some good pieces, but there's no. It's like they have like the the solid like B plus guys, and then it's all a bunch of fucking like D minus guys. Like there's no balance in their lineup at all. Like yeah. if 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 Timmy Sutzla doesn't have a game, they lose. You know what I mean? I but I don't necessarily agree with that. Like because of the other guys that I mentioned, like Batherson puts up points. Pinto got suspended. He's the one who got suspended for the gambling, yes. right? Yeah, I always mix up him and Josh Norris for some reason. That's another guy. Josh Norris puts up points. Uh, Brady Kachuk's a good hockey player, man. Like they they have reasonable pieces. They have an offensive deep deep like decor as well. Sanderson is one of the better from what I've seen. He's one of the better skaters from the back end already in the league. He's just yeah, that no, good. Yeah, hundred percent. I just I I just I don't I don't see it. Yeah, like that's like saying and if Caulfield doesn't have a game, which, by the way, he hasn't for a while. Um, that's like saying then if they if he doesn't have a game, Montreal's going to lose every single game. Is that true? Like, at this point, yeah. But the thing is, like, the Habs... No, it and, isn't, because they've won over the past week, and he sucked. I've looked no, at he's the stats. No, he's, he's, he's put up a handful of points. Okay, well, what like is Caulfield like, there to do? Score goals or not? I mean, as long as he's putting up points, I don't care that much. Okay. Well, like, like I know we we've had this discussion uh, off air, but like you know, if you said you know a guy who's going to score 100 goals or get 100 assists, like I don't really give a fuck. 100 points is 100 points. Yeah. I mean, you win games with goals, and that's kind yeah, of what I you... understand he is there to do. Let me let me just take a look here at Cole Caulfield. Yeah. yeah. So hasn't scored in his last five games, and he has two points. That's kind of stinky. Uh, last goal uh, was November 29th against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before that, the 24th. In the, scored, so he scored in the shootout scored, last night. Pardon? Did score in the shootout last night, which, I mean, it doesn't actually Which really doesn't matter at all. Like, I have but, no, it does, it helps, but it helps you win the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's straight up snake bitten. My guy has three goals since November the 9th. It's been a month, dude. But like that's the thing, like the Habs and our fans are able to be like, yeah, if like you know if the, if the if him and Suzuki don't go, like probably gonna lose because we don't have a roster good enough to to win when they don't score yet. Whereas the Sens rebuild is over and they should be. But see, you can't take a statement that a fired GM made two years ago and just like, come on, man. But like, here's the thing: it was like Senators fans. Like, how many times before this season started did you see Sanders fans saying that the Sanders were better than the Leafs? Yes, and it's ridiculous. I understand that. But I'm still, I still, just because of what they said, doesn't 
change the product on the ice. And I believe that the product on the ice is better than you believe the product on the ice is. That's yeah, what this comes think, down to. But I think the product on the ice and the results that we are getting are going hand in hand. Like, they are not good on the ice. They are bottom of the division. Like, yes, they have those games in hand. I know I don't think those games in hand get them out of the basement. Like, maybe by a point. But you know what I mean? It's not that they're going to sit there and take eight points from those four games and suddenly be in fourth or fifth. Uh, well, if we're talking about the direct comparison with Montreal, first of all, it's five. And I read to you the games that they play. Those are very easily winnable games. Like, we talked about how bad Carolina's been. We talked about how bad St. Louis has been. That's easily 500 hockey. And honestly, I have more confidence in the Ottawa Senators being able to play 500 hockey than I do in the Montreal Canadiens. That's another factor here. Is the Montreal Canadiens are always also going to play games, and I believe they will most likely lose those games because I believe they are still years away from being a good hockey team. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, but... pull Ottawa out of the basement. Therefore, I believe Ottawa will be out of the basement after they make up those games. Anyway, we don't need to spend any more time on the Ottawa Senators. This is a no. Leafs and Habs show. Um, and those, that is one of the Leafs' biggest rivals, so let's stop. All right. Um, any other news, uh, Toronto or around the league? Um, nothing really that I can think of there. It was kind of a quiet week, honestly. I don't know about you. I spent a lot of my week, uh, tracking planes from Anaheim to Toronto. And not so, for uh, not for any good reason contributing to this podcast, but no, we were I, we almost we almost got Otani. We almost got. Yeah, him. no, it, we didn't. All I have to say is fuck you, Shohei Otani. Like <laughs> truly, fuck you, Shohei Otani. Bro made seven hundred mil. He doesn't give a fuck what you have to say. <laughs> that is one of the most absurd things that anybody has ever said to me is he made 700 million dollars 700 like 700 million nuts that is it's like, that, like, like okay, so i know like mind i know like money in hockey sometimes doesn't feel as like nuts but like money in soccer is like insane even this is like my brain struggles to comprehend it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like 700 mil. Like how? <laughs> how can 70? I think I saw something, something that if he plays 162 games every year for the 10 year contract, which he won't, let's be very clear. He's not, he's an injury prone guy. He's not going to play every game out of 162 every year for 10 years. That's impossible. I know this is a hockey podcast. We'll talk about this quickly and yeah. that's it. He makes $430,000 a game. If he does that. <laughs> that like reminds me, uh, so the, the deal that Mbappe turned down to go to Saudi Arabia this summer. Where like they had it broken down where he was it would have made he would have made like like tens of thousands of euros per second being in Saudi Arabia. It was stupid. I I wish I remember the actual numbers off the top of my head. I believe the numbers just, for Shohei were I, I think per second he makes fifty dollars. Yeah, like it's just like stupid. <laughs> like so. I, 
I just can't imagine like going taking a dump and be like, ah, I just made like 200 bucks. <laughs> just made like 400 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just for an eight second pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just took a quick leak. <laughs> <laughs> made eight hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, life's um, not fair, Gatano. No, it's not. It's not. All right. Well, well I think that's uh, all we have for this episode. Or did you? Did we? We still have to do our schedules. I guess I, I kind of only went halfway yeah. through it earlier in the episode. Oh, uh, just a quick one in Montreal. So David Savard's been back on the ice. No set timetable for him to return, but like he's at least back skating. And Arbor Jack Eyes on a conditioning stint in Laval. Uh, so he's played, I think, two games now. Basically just because he's waiver eligible. So the Habs are like, fuck it, we might as well, like, use it. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, hopefully some some healthy bodies uh, back in the lineup soon. But what do the Leafs have coming up this week? So tomorrow we are in Long Island playing the Islanders. Uh, the next night, we are in MSG playing the Rangers, followed by a Thursday home game versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, who stink. And uh, Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada in Toronto versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Love that. Yeah, we might have to of, get a little uh, bit of Crosby on primetime there. Eh? Yeah, we, we might have to get a little get together scheduled for Saturday night there with old Wilhelm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Penn's Leafs game. That's going to get heated. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the Habs have a little bit of a home stretch coming up here. So we've got the Predators in town tonight, actually, uh, for a Sunday night game. Uh, we've got the Penguins on Wednesday. And then the Islanders uh, for Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. Very nice. Sounds like a full week of hockey up here, which is very, very nice to see. Finally, Jesus, it's been forever. The Sweden trip put a wrench in things for the Leafs. And it's just been a weird schedule. Uh, so happy to have lots of hockey to watch this week. Thank you for listening to this episode, episode 112, powered by 91N. I am once again your host, Avery Roush. This is Catano Gallo, and we are signing off. Thank you for listening. <laughs>